get a cup of coffee in here, please? so hot like hot tuna oh good morning folks <laughs> i'm always so fucking full of energy early in the morning aren't i totally a morning person good morning it's uh what the fuck it's wednesday that's what it is it's wednesday january 12th 2022 and madison Cawthorn is still on Christmas vacation, at least according to his answering machine. Anyway, uh, just reviewing yesterday's show. It's funny how, you know, Congress people still still on Christmas vacation. It was the 11th of January yesterday. People still on vacation. Good morning, Kelly. First in the, first in the chat room today. Uh, good for you. Good to be first at something. <laughs> I was the first one here this morning, and um, that doesn't say anything about me, anything good about me. Oh, boy, what's to talk about? Well, I'm excited to be having Liberty DeVito on tonight. Liberty DeVito, the drummer from Billy Joel's band for 30 years or more. Uh, one of the more influential uh, drummers in pop rock music from the 1970s uh, up until 2000. He's also played with a number of other uh, top name musician to a uh, studio musician, uh, backing band type guy. And has written a book, uh, Life, Billy, and the Pursuit of Happiness. We'll talk all about that, his memoirs and uh, some of his experiences in rock and roll. We'll talk about drumming and uh, his approach to it and all that kind of stuff tonight. And that's the kind of stuff I like to talk about. <clears throat> Trav Bell was a guest on my show. Well, probably two years ago. Trav Bell is known as the bucket list guy. He's an Australian guy with lots of energy, motivational speaker, inspirational type of guy. If you're in, into such things, uh, Trav Bell is an interesting interview. You might want to check that out. But I got an email from him this morning that he's uh, decided to cross off one of the things on his bucket list, which is uh, performing stand-up uh, comedy live. You've heard me say this probably if you if you're a fan and you watch the show and watch some of the interviews I've done with comedians over the years, I've said that's the bravest thing in entertainment, bar none. Uh, stand up comedy takes more balls than anything, and I know there are a lot of people doing it right now. So it doesn't necessarily uh, it takes balls to do bravery, or sometimes just sheer stupidity <laughs> uh, and not knowing uh, just how, what you're getting yourself into um, sometimes. But Trap Bell has decided to do that. Now, I, I would kind of like to document that just from the beginning, the approach to writing material. Now, first time out, what are you going to get, five minutes? Maybe. But considering he's already got a reputation in uh, – as a, a speaker, and especially in that part of the world, 
He's uh, well-respected. Maybe he'll get more than that. Maybe they'll give him like a 45-minute spot. That would be a lot to, to bite off for your first time. I don't know how that's going to work, but I would love to document the thing and see how he prepares the material, see what he goes through in preparation for his first endeavor into stand-up comedy. should be an interesting thing to see, going from motivational speaker to stand-up comedian. The question begs, can anybody do stand-up comedy? Probably not. A lot of people are told, you should be a stand-up comedian. You should be a comedian, man. You're funny. Uh, it doesn't really work that way. Um, you can be funny in a party. You can be funny amongst your friends. People can find you funny. People can laugh at some of your jokes. Stand-up comedy is an art form and a craft. It really does need to be honed and uh, worked on. Just like anything else, any other craft, takes time uh, to do it right. You, not, no matter how funny you think you are, you're not going to be a professional your first time out or even your 10th time out. It takes a while. That's the expectation, though. People just think, well, it, because good comedians make it look so easy. So uh, we'll find out about how Trav does with that. Um, the marathon is looking, uh, shaping up a little bit. Paul Provenza agreed to do it. Uh, Carlos Valencia has agreed to do it. Brett Brock has agreed to do an hour, uh, possibly sketching someone. I don't know who he will be sketching, but that would be a, a good thing. And, uh, I would basically just kind of be lurking in the background, give him the full screen and, uh, let him entertain people for an hour. So that will, that should be interesting. A uh, number of people have uh, now committed. Well, the list is growing, but we're still getting more people on. Uh, please do keep suggesting people. If you know people on Twitter you would like to see uh, on the marathon, 40 hours starting next Thursday morning at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, please do suggest it to us and then also suggest it to them on Twitter because they might not know about me, might not know about what we're doing. Uh, again, it is uh, in support of Andy, who's probably going under the knife that day. We, I haven't heard um, following issues with Andy. I haven't heard any um, follow-ups on the date of uh, the surgery. It was originally scheduled for January 20th, and I know he was going to get a, a second opinion. I'm assuming it's still going to happen the 20th, but we will just be kind of putting out some good vibes for Andy and trying to raise some money for him. We're going to auction off at least a guitar, maybe an amplifier or something, uh, vintage tube amp, which would be a nice addition to what we're going to auction off. And there'll be other stuff. We'll be uh, trying to and all, here's the way it's going to work. So all the money is going to go directly uh, to Andy's GoFundMe. What we're going to do is we're going to auction it off, have people bid for the auction stuff. But uh, in order for when the, when the bidding ends, in order for them to get merchandise, they're going to have to uh, donate directly to the GoFundMe. We'll have the link for them. And then they just screenshot their receipt or, or the uh, confirmation that they're um, donation to GoFundMe has gone through. So we don't even have to touch the money. It just goes directly to Andy. That's that's the way we like it. <laughs> uh, hey, Andy, good, good morning. Yes, it, it, confirmation there. Andy's going under the 9th to 20th at the 6th. So on uh, at 6, I guess 6 Pacific time, which is 
and I'm guessing that's morning. Surgeons like to work in the morning. <laughs> so, uh, so that's like just as we're starting the program, like right as we're starting the program, I guess uh, it will be happening. So we'll, we'll be wishing him well and kind of, uh, yeah, I figured AM. <laughs> um, surgeons like to work in the morning. Surgeons are morning people is why I'll never be a surgeon. Actually, I have a, a heart surgeon from Oregon coming on in a couple of weeks uh, to talk about how he found out that death is not real. Interesting. Death is not real. I've uh, never seen my act. <laughs> uh, <laughs> another one, I, and this is a surgeon this time, so I probably got to be a little bit better with his uh, talk about afterlife and stuff than Dave the missionary was. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what he has to say. Anyway, um, so we will we will be uh, adding more people to the roster. So far, I mean, so there's a list of names, and I was drawing a blank yesterday. Here's the thing, though. I found out that Twitch, Twitch, the platform, I know most of us are on YouTube, but Twitch will allow a 48-hour stream in, uh, continuous so I don't have to switch anything around. YouTube's limit is 12 hours uh, for storage. So <clears throat> we may have to do a switch around for people on YouTube. Ba and basically we'll do 12 hours and say, okay, if you're, if you're staying on YouTube, we're gonna, uh, the link is going to switch. Go back to the channel and find out where it's restarting over there. But we'll be staying constant on Twitch for 48 hours. The Facebook channels, I think their limit is six hours. It might be four hours. So lots of bouncing around for people watching the show at the at different uh, on different platforms and stuff like that. But Twitch will be continuous. Um for the full 40 hours that we'll be on. Consider, uh, assuming I make it to 40 hours without dropping dead. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I, I came across, uh, you know, I'm a YouTuber guy. I'm all, I'm all over YouTube. That's because I don't have television. And um, <laughs> came across this guy, Todd Grandy. And Dr. Todd Grande, he's a uh, forensic psychologist, and he talks about any kind of legal stuff that has to do with mental health issues. He reviews some old cases. He reviewed the uh, Casey Anthony case lately, and he gives his opinion about guilt or innocence and uh, trial stuff. Now, he talked about the Scott Peterson case. Remember the uh, Scott Peterson case? Of course you do. Killed his supposedly killed his wife and infant son. No, uh, not infant, actually, uh, fetal son. I'm not yet born. We're expecting mother. She was uh, expecting to give birth uh, any day. Christmas, Christmas Eve. He supposedly went fishing, and she was never seen again. She, her body turned up right where he said he went fishing. Curious. Now, when I watched that trial, and I'm sure most of you who remember it, just assume, I mean, right off the bat, the guy was dirty as shit. He was supposedly, uh, he was having an affair with Amber Fry, uh, 
and told her he was in Paris uh, for the holidays and was describing fireworks and all this stuff like, on the phone with her while he was supposedly searching for his missing wife, walking around with a neighborhood watch group and all this stuff, but walking around with a cell phone telling this woman he's in uh, in Paris. And they, they played that, and that made him look really guilty. I mean, it definitely is a slug of a person. But Todd Grande reviewed the case in a very, and he does this very well, uh, takes complete bias out of it, all of us assumptions and stuff, and just looks at facts and um, stuff and diagnosis stuff or he says he actually goes a long way uh, out of his way to say it's not a diagnosis he's just giving his opinions on uh on the facts of the case in situations like this is how he puts a disclaimer but he kind of laid out a case for a lot of reasonable doubt in the scott peterson case now i think he might have left out a few things but uh, it's an interesting thing to revisit something like that, something you're so sure this guy got to be guilty. And the way he laid it out made me question, maybe he's not. Could it be possible? The coincidence that the bodies turned up exactly where he said he went fishing kind of is I don't know. It's hard to explain. But some of the other things, uh, you know, people who who claim to have seen Lacey Peterson after the time, uh, the cops said she went missing, which would mean, and by the timeline that was laid out in the case, I would suggest you check out Todd Grande's video on this. Because if you see it and it changes your mind or it makes you at least question uh, the conclusions that you came to, I would love to hear about that because, uh, you know, my mind was spinning after that because I was so sure, not like OJ where I'm still sure 30, whatever, 32 years later, whatever it is, 30 years later, still sure OJ was guilty of sin. I have some doubts now about the Scott Peterson thing and that kind of kind of blows my mind. Uh, Ray Epps thing was in the news and still in the news today. I bring up Ray Epps because I talked about Ray Epps. I called him last week, if you remember, because Rogan on his program was, uh, stating as, as, as if it were a fact that Ray Epps was working for the uh, FBI and was a agent provocateur on January 6th. Now he testified before the January 6th committee. Uh, he never worked for the FBI. Uh, he's been a loyal uh, Republican and Trumper since Trump began to run. And uh, he's been a rancher and a wedding venue owner in Arizona and never had time to work for the FBI, never had any inclination to work for the FBI. He's an oath keeper, part of that organization. And uh, no, he was sincere in his... Um, his devotion to Donald Trump and, and the January 6th cause, not an FBI agent. But Rogan still ha clinging to this clear evidence that this guy was an agent provocateur. Why hasn't he been arrested? And we went over that about he hadn't committed a crime. That's why he hadn't been arrested. Yeah, the FBI put him on a list of people they wanted to talk to. They talked to him and realized he didn't break any laws that day. So they couldn't charge him with anything. But they're still, as of yesterday, still claiming uh, and 
the more it becomes apparent that that conspiracy theory is just complete bullshit, the more they just say, well, it's just, uh, that just proves the FBI, they're all covering it up. It's a great big cover-up. Like, every conspiracy, every time it leads nowhere, it must be a great big co- uh, cover-up. So, there is, bottom line is, um, the FBI, the federal government, had no role in the insurrection. No role whatsoever. And, uh, if if you're following the leads of people like Rogan or Tucker Carlson and or Alex Jones who were just megaphoning that up, and it doesn't say something to you about how full of shit they are, instead you want to just cling to the oh it must be true because they're saying it. Get help, get help because you're you're just not your elevator's not going all the way to the top. I mean, none of it makes sense. None of the conspiracy theory makes sense. And when it doesn't make sense, pause and say, if it doesn't make sense, maybe I should check it out on my own. And then when you do check it out on your own, as I did, you can call Ray Epps. You can call his business. You can find him. He's not a hard guy to find. He's in Maricopa County, uh, Arizona. You can look him up. Look up his business. See how long he's been there. Look up his entire work history. and Find out. The guy's exactly who he looked like he was, a Oath Keeper, a, a, a MAGA guy wearing a MAGA hat looking to stop the steal. It's an allergy morning for me, sniffles and stuff. You have to forgive me a little bit for this. Not not good radio when a guy's uh, sniffling the whole time, but I, I apologize for that. If you're in the cars, you can call me at, uh, put up the regular number here, What 631-488-0346. Getting a lot of hate mail for uh, just fucking with uh, Madison Cawthorn yesterday, calling him up um, and getting his answering machine and uh, trying to challenge him to a debate with the infamous. <laughs> Living in, in Maricopa County is a sure sign of guilt. <laughs> Uh, you could say that about just about anywhere. <laughs> um, whatever. Conspiracy theories or not. Uh, listen, conspiracy, I've, I've said this so many times, it's like, um, I'm sick of saying it. Conspiracies happen. But if you think, um, that the FBI director was going to put all their trust in uh, one Larry the Cable guy looking uh, rancher, not to because if the if the FBI were behind this and the director knew about it or any higher ups knew about it, they're guilty of treason to be sending in <laughs> some rogue guy to try to uh, start an insurrection to make the president of the country look bad. Uh, that would be treason and a hanging offense. And so you're going to trust this one lone guy not to spill the beans on you. You're taking a lot of chances with your uh, your life over that. Uh, Carl's taking me in the shower with him. Uh, I would. Did I send you a link? You should definitely uh, turn your phone on and, and let us see some of that uh, man manly manness. The manly man in the shower. Oh. 
Um, good afternoon, Carl. Carl will be with me tomorrow. Uh, Carl is the host of Last Rights Podcast. Uh, not in love with the uh, thumbnail that I uh, uh, produced for him being in the coffin and all, but hey, what Last Rights Podcast. I'm calling it the man show. Uh, call man in the man show. I'm going to be on the man show at some point in the near future. Um, of course, Joe Rogan and, and Doug Stanhope will not be the host. Call man will be the host of that man show, but at least I can say I was on the man show. What else are this morning up last night producing a track? Why do I keep producing original music? I asked myself for. Uh, because I have to, <laughs> I guess that's, that's the only reason I came over, but revisiting a tune I wrote in the early eighties as a, it was written as a country rock thing in the eighties. I don't know. It's a, but at, at the time when I abandoned any hope <laughs> of, uh, fame and fortune in the rock and roll business, I decided that I didn't give a fuck about writing for, writing songs for the masses. I was going to write stories that made me, um, told my story, individual stuff, personal stuff, really personal songs about me. And so the song Virginia is Not My Home was written uh, about, I had been, I was playing, I took a gig playing bass in a country bluegrass band in at based in Clifford for Clifton Clifton Forge Virginia which is on the border of West Virginia on the it's over by Roanoke north of Roanoke borders West Virginia it's not that far from Tennessee uh but it's in Hatfield McCoy country you know feud <laughs> the, the old feud country and so I was a fish out of water there, playing bass and uh, not welcome there with my New York accent. Uh, and uh, although there were t- <laughs> there were times when uh, I I got some attention from some young ladies there because you know the novelty of having this Yankee uh, down here who was different from the guys down there. Uh, and that caused a lot of trouble be- with the rednecks, who the locals, who didn't want no Yankee coming down there and, and seducing our uh, nice white women. <laughs> anyway, I was playing bass down there, and guys were all older than me. I was in my twenties, and all the guys in the band, except for the band, the band leader was about forty, but the other guys in the band were all in their sixties, old white beard hillbillies. I'm playing hillbilly music with them. And they had a harmonica player. And he was not a very good guy. Not a very good player. Good guy. Not a very good harmonica player. And he got fired. They fired him. Uh, And I said, well, I got a buddy back home, New York, the blues man. And he's a great harp player. Uh, Go get him and I'll bring him back for next week's gig. Uh, And at that time, Blues Man had just gone from you know, buying, well, it started out buying grams of Coke, and then all of a sudden, you know, grams of Coke evolved into eight balls of Coke. 
but by this time the the typical buy was a kilo <laughs> and he had just picked up a kilo of coke <laughs> and so uh i went and picked him up in long island new york and uh with a kilo of coke and we drove it 12 hours to clifton forge virginia uh, to do a friday night gig two on saturday two on sunday and then drive back to long island for monday morning to be at work on monday morning full of coke lots of booze lots of reefer for that whole time and no sleep and so and all those and all the gigs were a fucking disaster uh because we were fucking coked up and drunk and and stoned and all but the song is about this weekend uh and it basically for me it was uh the end of my uh playing in the hillbilly band in, <laughs> in virginia and so so the song was about that and i revisited it last night and i'm thinking i should do it as a bluegrass song a bluegrass is not my strong point I'm not born to it banjo mandolin uh acoustic guitar stand-up bass so for some reason i just do this shit to myself so i decided to to have a, a recording session with that last night and re-record a song i had written almost 40 years ago now and uh put myself through hell trying to get the banjo parts and finally just about to nail it and i kind of was getting too enthusiastic about it and kind of snapped <laughs> snap the neck a little bit on the banjo and have had to do some repair work on it uh so i said well that's the final take that's as good as it's gonna get so up all night really basically working till three o'clock this morning trying to get a, a bluegrass tune together for who there's no bluegrass market out there and, and certainly not for me uh singing and playing it because again i'm no ricky skaggs and I don't have the voice for bluegrass music. All most bluegrass music is sung by really high tenors with nasal voices, uh, about an octave and a half higher than uh, my voice. <laughs> but we'll see how it is. I'm going to mix the tune today, and uh, while I'm preparing, I guess for for Liberty DeVito tonight. Uh, but again, I don't. It's like I'm compelled to do these things. Why am I still recording original music when everybody else my age said? Why waste your time with that crap? Why waste your time? Why do it? And I, I just, I have no answer for that. It's not like I'm doing it for any market, not expecting anybody to buy it, download it, or whatever. Whatever happens with it, happens with it. It's just an odd thing that it's like it's like a poem, a, a poem poet, <laughs> poem, who writes poetry that nobody will ever read. Why? Because we're compelled to do it. Coming back to that Justin Hawkins um, idea about bands should put out twelve, uh, 10 albums because after that, nobody gives a fuck. I see Tom Kanopka, uh has uh, has seen my post, which means okay, I was wishing him well yesterday. I know he was going under the knife yesterday. So if he's seeing my post, that means it went well <laughs> because the, the surgery he was having was on his eyes. I guess it was up, down, lazy. I didn't get too uh, personal about it. Like, what are you having done? I just knew he was having eye surgery and wanted to keep him in our uh, thoughts yesterday. I'm wishing him well. and But he saw it. So 
wishing him well, and he saw it. So that means that it, as he saw it, his eyes must be working, and that's all that matters. Uh, so shout out to our friend Tom, wishing him well and a speedy recovery from the surgery, and uh, hope uh, continues uh, to get over that. Anything going on in the chat room? Not much. Good morning, Jamie. We need pictures call, he says. Wouldn't it be ironic if we got Carl in the shower before Jamie? Wouldn't that be a a kick in the balls? Probably would. I'm feeling kind of sneezy here this morning. And don't uh, don't have a whole lot going on in the world to talk about. Howard Stern is in the news again. Uh, he's all over this fucking tennis player. Uh, uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. What? Careful what you wish for, folks, because sometimes you might get it. I think... <laughs> oh, Jamie, you are so fucking put to shame right now. Hello, Carl. How are you? What? He just sent the picture. What? Are you there? No. I'm just getting it still. <laughs> He's just stone-faced not talking to me. Uh, Carl, are you? can you hear me? Are you there? No. He's froze up. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We got a picture. Oh, excuse me. Of Carl in the shower. Let's see that one more time. I can't blow that up, can I? Ah, oh, I can't even put it back on now. That's a shame. Anyway, uh, Carl did. Uh, sent me a picture of him in the shower. Couldn't hear the water running. Oh, I'm going to be sneezing, folks. You know what? I'm going to play the sponsor's part while I go through some uh, atunis. Let's go. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. If you are a coffee connoisseur and want to experience the best coffee Hawaii has to offer, no blends, no compromise. Try the true taste of Aloha. Koa Coffee produces premium Hawaiian coffee, hand-picked, expertly roasted, and delivered from Hawaii to your door with Aloha. From award-winning 100% Kona coffee grown on the slopes of the Mauna Loa volcano to the unique mocha beans of Maui, they strive to provide their loyal customers with the best quality and freshness. Since 1997, Koa Coffee has been known far and wide as a product of utmost quality and their awards proven. Koa Coffee was featured in Forbes' Top 10 Coffees of the World. This is the coffee Forbes called the best coffee in America. Find out what it's all about. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Sneezing fit just took happen just happened. And Carl was there for again for a second. I guess uh Wi-Fi not working in the shower as well. I would have loved to put him back on. But it's not really all that necessary, is it? Oh man. Sneezing my face off. I guess that uh that's a good sign. <laughs> Why? 
because uh, allergies usually happen not when it's freezing cold out in winter weather here. But uh oh, here he comes again. See this? Uh, you got oh, come on. Let's see. Good morning, Carl. Good afternoon, Carl. Can you hear me, Carl? You can't hear me, can you? Or you can't talk? Cat got your cat got your tongue. What the hell's going on, man? Do you hear? Oh, wow. Well, now we see we we see his um, icon. Oh, he's muted. That's why your mic is muted. The phone doesn't doesn't work for you. Anyway, Carl, we get the idea. Thank you for showing us your penis this morning. Uh, actually, we did not see uh, the penis. Uh, just for I just uh, want to be clear about that for the people. Maybe plugging in the camera and climbing in the shower is not the best idea. Um, this is possible, uh, but after Jamie did it in the bathtub last week, it seemed like it might work. Up oh, now he's back over here. Man, he's like everywhere. This tall guy. Oh, I hear you now. How's the audio? Oh, that's a nice uh, uh, little reverb you got. You should try. Can you try singing some high high acapella in the shower? Like, I don't know, any doo wop thing. In the, give me a little. Uh, in the still in um, give me a little in the still of the night. In the still of the night. Come on, come on. No. No. I see that. That's why singing in the shower was the whole idea behind what I was trying to get across. Now, do you uh, always... Do you always the those... It was cool when the, uh, when the went down. It was real cool. The, the sunglasses are, are a nice... Um, a nice... Uh, I guess add on a little um, fringe on top. Oh, he's up, oh, froze up. Carl's froze up in the shower. I guess that means the water was cold. Anyway, uh, we appreciate the effort there. This is what I'm talking about. See, Jamie has been promising this, I guess, for like five years now that he would be uh, calling in from the shower. He never has. Is that? I think that's a hand up. <laughs> oh boy! I just get one more. Oh, he's turned to black. Got to, got to turn to black. Anyway, kick from studio. Kick him. Kick him out. Uh, where was I? Where's was I anywhere significant or no? I was just sneezing. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh. Oh, hold on a second. I got to I got to do something for somebody here. I got to get something going on here that I'm I'm not supposed to be even telling you about. Forgot to forgot to do this last night, I guess. Anyway, um where was I? What was I talking about? Somebody remind me. Am I am I still here? Am I cognizant? Coffee. That's what I was talking about. Koa coffee. Hawaiian koa, koa coffee. Um, 
grown on the side of a, a volcano, minddogtv.com slash coffee. I hope you'll check them out. At least go to their website and see what they have to offer. Let me know what you what you think about it. Um, it. To me, it's very, very, very good coffee. I don't like the extra work. Uh, and we went through this yesterday where Chad was giving me a um, a coffee lesson. A lesson in quality of coffee and why why sometimes it's worth the extra work. But for me, as a morning guy who needs his coffee right away, um I don't wanna I don't wanna grind beans. I don't wanna grind beans first thing in the morning. I need to inject myself with this caffeine as quickly as possible. And so, go unless I prepare it the night before. But then, if I do that, if I go through the grinding the night before, does that not negate the whole idea about the fresh bean stuff? Because now it's just the same as if they had done the grinding. Am I wrong? Am I right? Anyway, I hope you check it out. Uh, Koa Coffee. What I'm drinking is a premium blend, Koa Premium Reserve, Private Reserve blend, uh, whole bean coffee, medium roast. They have several varieties of different coffees. What I'm drinking now is far better than the store-bought coffee I'm used to. That's all I can tell. Yes, Carl, that counts. Thank you very much uh, for, and especially for running the handheld bidet over your head. Uh, We appreciate that. And we did want to know about the glasses. Are those, do you always wear the glasses in the shower? Um just curious uh but i i appreciate the effort for that now see i don't i'm not sure the wi-fi will work in my shower but uh maybe during the marathon if i can find a way to rig up a system there maybe i'll do a short segment from the shower because my my shower will be much more audio friendly uh than calls with with the with the bouncing around Showerhead can be a handheld bidet. Can be a handheld bidet. Yes, it can be. They need to be kept clean. Bay. You mean the jewels? Is that what you mean? Anyway, where was oh I was talking about Howard Stern. That's what I was talking about. And uh Howard Stern going off on this Australian tennis player, right? Howard Stern uh it's sad. It's kind of sad for me. And ne- I was never a huge Stern fan. I'm not one of those. Uh-oh. We have, we'll, I guess I'll come back to the Stern thing. We're having. Oh! Yeah. Well, you know, a it, dodgy Englishman can't fucking beat me. It started off as a joke. And now it's fucking serious. Okay. Now that is cool. The red light thing is cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, what is that? I, I mean, how do, you, how do you even do that without getting electrocuted? It lets me know when kids are coming. I've got to get out of the shower then. It's the legal thing. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, we've got something going red flashing behind you there. Yeah. Oh, just a thermostat in the shower, that's all. Oh, wow. It flashes so green this, and red. It's, yeah. yeah shit. This is like a Studio 54 shower you got going on in your house. Exactly what it is. You can just turn the lights off and just uh, go nuts. Wow. Oh, are you happy now, Doug? Are, are we fucking settled? I think I think you've proven your point and you have uh, redeemed yourself with this. Uh, absolutely. 
Uh, but, but I saw that dodgy English pig, and I thought, yeah, this I've got to redeem myself. You you don't have the glasses look that Carl has though the the big uh, yeah. Elton John glasses, uh, but uh, your audio is much better than his in your show. It seemed like it it was treated by a, an acoustic designer, just made for doing podcasts from the shower. So, have to say. that's exactly what it is. Ah. Although the wife just told me to mind my language, she's got you on the tea. Hey, the wife wants she might send a pic of herself in the bar. Uh, can we? Uh, tilt down. We want to see the penis. Oh, you oh, you are Elton John. Okay, now give me a little I, acapella. Can you give me a little still in the night something? Anything acapella, doo up? No, you don't. Doo up, All right. Well, we're having a sing off. All right, I gotta go. All right, cool. Uh, have a have a nice warm shower. Stay off drugs. Take it easy. See you later. Bye. Uh, Jamie Dykes, uh, getting off the hook with the shower thing. I guess that just leaves me now, folks. And I'm not going to do it today. I will tell you that. Perhaps during the marathon when I have to kill some time anyway. Again, marathon's happening <laughs> next Thursday, a week from tomorrow. Eight days. Damn good coffee and hot. Um... And the guest lineup is evolving nicely. We are getting more people saying yes to it. Um, but we still need more. I mean, we have to fill up 40 hours. So uh, any recommendations, any uh, help you can get, I can tell you, uh, just for people who signed on late and don't know, Paul Provenza has agreed to do it. Uh, Brett Brock is going to do it. He'll be doing a sketch for an hour or so however long it takes him to do a sketch, and he'll be joining us. Uh, who else uh, yesterday agreed to call us? Valencia is going to be doing uh, some time with us. Um, drawing a blank now on who else said yes yesterday. Uh, but we are, the, the list is growing. New people are being added constantly until right up until showtime we'll be adding new people. But, again, we appreciate your help. Anybody, if you have uh, – uh, Glenn Wolk, Kermit, uh, Augie Smith. Yeah, I wanted to reach out to Augie Smith. Uh, Kermit Aplo, I don't know him, but I will look, definitely look at uh, look into Glenn Wolk and Kermit Ap, Ap, Apia, Apla. I don't know what that. <laughs> I'll see it up here, maybe. Maybe it looks bigger. Apio. Kermit Apio. I will look into him. I don't, I'm not, I don't, not familiar with him, unfortunately. Uh, Sneezy, 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 sneezy. Andy, if you're if you still there and listening, I think you should at least uh, before you before you go under the knife, come by come by one more time and and just uh, give people an update. And you don't have to stay for long, but uh, at some point before before you go under the knife, come by and and just say hello to the troops. People miss you and and. and uh, Always like to hear from you. I guess we'll be having another Issues with Andy this Friday. I'm assuming next Friday is going to be a, uh, questionable, but who knows? Uh, these troopers might actually have a show while Andy's in the middle of recovery. In the middle of the marathon, actually, that would be if it was next Friday. So we'll have to, <laughs> we have to stop. 
Oh, Hawaiian musician. Well, then he probably uh, is down with Hawaiian Koa Coffee. Uh, I will definitely look into him, though. Let's see if we can get him on and let him know about it. Thank you for that. Uh, where was it? Uh, no, back to the Howard Stern stuff. I feel bad for Howard Stern. And, and I shouldn't. I mean, he's probably a fucking billionaire, so why should I feel bad for him? Because... He still thinks he's Howard Stern. <laughs> and he's not. He's not Howard Stern. His days of relevance, his days of being, you know, king of all media, are long past, but that he hasn't figured it out yet. He's talking about running for president. And he talked about running for governor of New York. And people who live in New York, remember that when he did talk about running for governor of New York, most people thought he would win. He didn't want to do it because that meant he would have to give up his radio shtick and he loves radio. And he was never serious about it. But the people who took him seriously, uh, he was going to win. And he was definitely responsible for Governor Pataki adopting policies that Stern pushed up on him. One of those things was... It's still in effect today is uh, because traffic in New York and New York around New York City is so friggin' bad that uh, road work crews uh, started working at overnight instead of during the day to alleviate some of the traffic congestion. That was all Howard Stern's doing. But Stern still thinks he has that influence, and he doesn't. And it's sad to see. Not the fact that, because again, he's a, he's always going to have the legacy that he built. He's always going to have his money, all that stuff. Don't feel bad for him about that. But the fact that he just doesn't know, he doesn't know he's not Howard Stern anymore. It's like Babe Ruth in his final, <laughs> final season and still thinking he's Babe Ruth from the 27 Yankees. Uh, but he basically striking out all the time. Um, fan, he got traded away and was, you know, playing for the Boston Braves, not the Atlanta Braves, but Boston Braves before they moved to Atlanta. And he was basically a shadow of himself, but not knowing it, still thinking he was the king, Sultan of SWAT. This is how it's done right now. And so he's talking up a big game about running for president, and I need to. I need to do this just to save the country. No, Howard, uh, it's time for you to lay down. You've become Don Amos. I'm sorry to say. Somebody needs to tell him that. And he was going off. Uh, there was a uh, bit, I guess, on social media somewhere on YouTube where he's just going off on Ari Shafir for talking about podcasting. And he's talking about, yeah, podcasting. Podcasting is... It's silly. It's it's not a real broadcast, and forget about that. The only real broadcast, get yourself a job in radio and start from the beginning and get yourself ratings and all that stuff. Out of touch, man. The world has changed. The world has moved on, and you haven't. And that's a sad thing. Sad thing to see when that happens. Anyway, so that's that's basically my uh, staring rant. Want to call up 61488-0346? You know, I should put up the, the regular number because I don't even have the Google Voice stuff up. Because I was getting too many uh, 
hate mails to my <laughs> uh, cell phone, I took that number down. And uh, because we passed the holiday uh, season and I wasn't so concerned about people uh, offing themselves, <laughs> I I took that. I've been going with the Google voice number, but maybe I should put up the regular cell phone number again because uh, it's worth the risk of. So the you want to call in 631-496-6464. That's my cell number. You can call that directly. Call it any time and uh, threaten to kill my family or whatever. It's all good. Request sent to Mr. Wolf. Thank you, Craig. Craig's on it, man. Craig is our marketing PR uh, department. Craig Johnson. All all inquiries uh, from now on about uh, appearances on the Mind Dog TV podcast will be channeled through Albuquerque, New Mexico, through the offices of Craig Johnson uh, and Associates. Thank you, Craig, for taking that on. Uh, my director of marketing and the issues of Andy, uh, vice president of marketing and uh, and communications. Craig, Craig is amazing. Yes, he is. He's an amazing person. And forever and ever, amen. I didn't know you were a church-going guy, Jamie. You just don't seem very church-going to me with the amen stuff. Anyway, Jamie and Carl will both be taking uh, turns at the wheel during the um, marathon, potathon, whatever I'm calling it. Uh, and a number one T-shirt salesman, Craig, uh, Craig is, and a hell of a balloon photographer too. <laughs> we might say, we might add, Craig is a man of many talents, uh, and we appreciate him very much. We appreciate all of you people. You're just a wonderful, wonderful people. And what the hell are you doing, uh, keeping me company? Uh, we are still trying to figure out. Dude was up until four thirty a.m. Not, not too sharp today. Uh, me too. I was up till uh, around 4.30 a.m. Were you playing a banjo? Do we have that in common? Uh, so, anyway. Might be a, a Randy Travis guy. Who, who might be? Uh, who might be a Randy Travis guy? Um, I'm, I'm curious about that. I don't know who, who you're referring to, Chad. Not Craig. <laughs> Craig's not a Randy Travis guy. Uh, oh, I get it. Duh, I'm a little slow. You're right, uh, Craig. Uh, Chad said it might be a Randy. Craig said dude was up until 4.30, not too sharp today. He could be talking about me because Chad said might be a Randy Travis guy, and obviously he was referring to this, but I had to put two and two together and it took me a while because I'm slow. Yeah, see Jamie coming. I get it now. I'm I'm slow, man. I'm be uh, I'm on a seven second delay. Only it's like a seven minute delay in my brain. Craig was uh taking method acting to next level prep work from Mindhunter season three. You would think I, I I'm pretty up on Mindhunter, but I'm not. I've uh, I'm familiar with what it is. Never seen an episode of that. Never seen an episode of most of the shows that most people know about. Which, you know, at, at times can feel very awkward in conversation. People, t everybody's talking about what's going on pop culture, television stuff, movies, and I'm the one guy who hasn't seen any of it. 
you know, I know anything about it. So I know what Mindhunter is. Uh, and that forensic psychologist was uh, the other day. I think she had something to do with that show. Uh, forensic psych, uh, Kate Walinga, who was on last week. I think she had something to do with writers on that show or, or some of it. Anyway, uh, tonight, Liberty DeVito at 8 p.m. I hope you'll join me for that uh, if you're around 8 p.m. Eastern. Should be an interesting conversation with Liberty. And then tomorrow at 1 p.m., uh, call Not in the Shower. Uh, we'll be talking about his new podcast, Last Rights, and then probably watching him get drunk. Now, on the thinking about this last night, there will be no cocaine involved on the marathon. My Three Sons is something you should check out. Uh, now, uh, you're making fun of me. I, I understand that. But I'm going to show how naive I am right here. I know the sons. My uh, show My Three Sons. Uh, man, I'm going to have a fucking senior moment here. But the question is, did they make a remake or is it still Fred McMurray, that, that one? And... Uh, Fred McMurray was an interesting character uh, and actor because he he had a lot of stupid stuff like My Three Sons. My Three Sons, he basically, he was just a there for name draw, I guess. Because he, yeah, Inman is on the list, and Andy Inman's going to be doing, he'd probably be doing two different appearances that day, but uh, he will definitely be doing one in the morning. Uh, uh, and then um, later on in the day, I'm supposedly, uh, and this hasn't been finalized yet, so I haven't, but one, world-class, uh, famous conspiracy theorist uh, might be on. And I might uh, refer back to Inman later in the day when, uh, if we get this this guy who's um, pretty well known in the conspiracy <laughs> theory world to, to do a stop by, I might, I might might refer back to Inman at that point and, and just let havoc happen. Just sit back. Uh, oh, wait, wait, Fred McMurray. Uh, on My Three Sons, I think he was just there for name draw. But in his career, he had these, like, flubber and, and ridiculous roles for Disney and all these silly, really silly comedies and stuff. Uh uh but he also fred mcmurray also had some really bad guy role double indemnity there were a couple of movies where he was just like a really despicable bad guy back in the black and white 40s and 50s uh hollywood so he had that kind of weird thing he could do ridiculous soft fluff family friendly g-rated comedy or he could play a dark villain uh, which is quite versatile stuff, I think, if you ask me. Uh, speaking of James, we're going to, you know, I know the piss thing is getting old, the drinking the piss stuff. But I have to ask James about that. I mean, because I think he's probably the only person I've ever talked to, and I haven't gotten this directly from him, but I think he's the only person I've ever talked to in my life who actually will admit to drinking piss. I mean, Jamie kind of admitted to his brother pissing in his mouth yesterday. Uh, but that wasn't intentional drinking of piss. 
and I know piss drinking has been going on for eons, probably a thousand years or more, piss drinking. Maybe in the entire history of man, uh, somebody said, you know what? That looks like <laughs> to drink. Uh, but um, I, I I don't know. It's beyond me. But James is the only one I know who, or at least I believe, <laughs> I should say, I believe the story that he drank piss. But I would love to hear. Uh, I would love to hear him recount it. I, I hope he doesn't get pissed at me asking him about his drinking piss. <laughs> what well, you know? What he's taking? He, he's taking away from Donald Trump's stash. Well, maybe he just thinks, "Wow, what a waste of piss to have hookers piss on Obama's mattress." When I could be guzzling that down right now. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but whatever it is, it is, you know, if you're going to, and we'll see how, how that works out for the people, the piss drinkers who are doing it to avoid COVID. Uh, turns out he died of COVID, but his breath smelled like piss. Whatever. Um, what else is going on in the world? I don't know. I don't know. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot in the news. Not a whole lot going on. Oh, I'm looking at uh, Glenn Wool. You know what? You guys should probably handle that because he's he's over there. I think Glenn's in Scotland, right? Or is he, he in uh, Wales as well? No, I think he's in Scotland. I don't know that for a fact. But either Carl or Jamie should should man that one. I think. I don't know. It's not like I don't want to talk to Glenn Will. I definitely do. I think he's funny, but um, you might be more comfortable talking to a, a somebody who sounds a little more like him <laughs> than somebody who sounds a little more like me. Just thinking. Uh, Danny Trejo. Trejo. Bad guy Danny is trending for some reason. I don't know why. Anybody know why he's trending this morning? Uh, nothing apparent he's not dead that's that's part of it so that's anytime i see anybody trending i think he's dead or she's dead i think that's a pretty common thing uh but other than that not a whole lot uh, going on in the world today i mean slow news day they're still you know dragging their feet with the um insurrection trials and all that stuff why is bird kreischer trending uh, somebody lose a shirt. Uh, somebody need a cigar. I don't know. Anybody know why Bert Kreischer is trending? Uh, or if that matters to anybody, um, let me know. I don't see why he's trending. I can't. I a couple of people trending. I don't know why they're trending. Billy Wayne Davis has not. I haven't reached out to him about being on the uh, uh, marathon. I He was supposed to be on this week. He was supposed to be on last week. And he, he told me, I'll holler back at you in a couple of days. I'm busy. I think I'll holler back at him today and say, well, let's nail it down to sometime on the 20th or 21st uh, and just keep it open. So, yeah, I'll try to get him on and 
Sam Talent is still kind of dancing around, uh, not answering me, but I've seen him on other podcasts, you know, and this has been going on for like six months now. Sam reached out to me to be on the show again to promote his special. Didn't show up every day for two weeks. Uh, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. And, give me, and so I was putting off guests, <laughs> getting ready to have him on the next day, and then calling sick or with an emergency or something. And then we left it out. He was busy, and uh, as soon as he had some time, he would be back on. Now I see him doing other podcasts and not answering my emails. I'm wondering, what's up with Sam? I have to reach out out to him and say, what's up, Sam? Come on. Come on. Don't do it for me. Do it for Andy. (laughs) Do Do it for Carl. Do it for Jamie. Do it for the fans. Don't do it for me. And whatever you're pissed at me about. I think he might be upset about that milk carton thing I put out. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, Mr. D. Oh, Billy Wayne. Uh, um, I never heard referred to as uh, Mr. Davis. Uh, Mr. Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. (laughs) Mr. Davis is Sammy Davis Jr. Does Andy have a lot of fans in Tucum Carry, or is it? Oh no, that was from the book from uh, from uh, that bar in Tucum Carry in the book where uh, Andy was doing the kind of behavior that I mentioned in, in my Virginia story before. Uh, Nose like a Hoover, I believe he said. I think that's what the line in the book says. I don't know. As old as I am, I couldn't even remember Fred McMurray's name, so I'm lucky if I even uh, put that together. Never been there, uh, but fiction, the fictional Andy Anders has been there. Um, you should listen to uh, Little Feet. I've been from Tucson to Tucum Carey. That should be the Jonah Tonopah. <laughs> I can tell you this. Uh, about Tucum Carry. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> no, maybe I check that thought. I won't tell you anything about Tucum Carry. <laughs> you know, statues of, statute of limitations definitely were uh, expired on a lot of things years ago, but it, I still have, I still know where some of the bodies are buried. And, and uh, I always wonder am I allowed to go back to certain places? Um, and Tucum Carry is one of those places. Tucson is another. Tucson and Tucum Carry are two places I definitely uh, have questions about. Bakersfield, California. <laughs> Things happen, folks, when you're young, and um, whatever you you run away from the law, you run away from the law, and then time expires, and you move on. He's being kind of cryptic, isn't he? There was a time in uh, Southern California for trying to sell David Geffen on signing a band. And, of course, that didn't go well or I wouldn't be here today. (laughs) But uh, there was a girl named Ronnie Mignani, my friend Joey Mignani's uh, cousin. Ronnie Mignani, very musical name. And she had a boyfriend who was robbing her. (laughs) 
we were getting ready to leave the state anyway that night. And uh, she called out crying and, you know, we we're just going to go by and say goodbye. And we were, cause we were leaving the state going to Yuma, Arizona to stay for a, a while. And she said, you know, how this boyfriend who we had met a couple of nights before uh, was ripping her off and uh, taking and she was destitute and she needed to help getting her money out of him back. And so uh, she called him up and was setting him up. He was coming over uh, her apartment and she was going to confront him with us there and basically try to shake him down for the money that he stole from her. And he was being uh, quite, he didn't have the money on him and needed to make some phone calls and all the stuff and was being uh, resistant on paying her back the money. And for whatever, he tried to leave and I didn't refuse to let him leave. And I got him in a, a full Nelson. I was holding him down and he could, he was trying to struggle with me and basically uh, just trying to get away. And so I hung him over the balcony and she, she was like on the fifth floor. <laughs> an apartment building. I hung him over a balcony and had him by his uh, shoes, <laughs> holding him upside down, and his feet came out of the shoes, and he <laughs> he went straight down, uh, head head first. Now he didn't die, <laughs> but uh, we had to leave the state pretty quickly. Uh, it just came to mind. Now I'm sure the statute of limitations has. Uh, expired on it was 40 42 years ago 43 years ago um but i always think about that when i go back to that area in california like uh i'm always a little nervous looking over my shoulder am i still a wanted man in this county <laughs> uh i know because uh, i got reports from our because we left the state immediately but i got reports from ronnie mignani that <laughs> He wasn't dead, and he was—he wasn't even really hospitalized for that. Just a couple of days or something. I think he broke his shoulder uh, landing. He landed in some bushes and stuff. He didn't land on the concrete. <laughs> Shit happens, folks. Uh, oops. Anyway, nice memory there. I don't know why I, I even went there. I was just thinking about all the places where I have to worry about statutes of limitations. Uh, so for the record, never murdered anybody that I know of. <laughs> no, I never murdered anybody. Uh, never committed any serious crimes that would uh would still probably be on the books. Again, statutes of limitations and all. But hey, there it is. He's confessing on air, folks. <laughs> I don't even know the guy's name, and Ronnie Mignani's probably been dead for. A while now. All the other Mignani's are. Right. Anyway, uh, what else is there today? You know, I was going to uh, play some music, but I won't do that today. Oh, Glenn Wall has just agreed to do it. I'm sure, what time? Anytime. Uh, I'll get back to him. Thank you, Craig, for doing this, man. Uh, or And Jamie, I guess, is also... Uh, responsible in some way for for getting Glenn Wool on this. Uh, so I'll get back to him and, and kind of let him know times and all that kind of stuff. Or if you just want to reply back to him and tell him, it really at his convenience, we'll send him a link. Again, for people who might not have been here early, uh, 
See, the plan, because the logistics of this thing is going to be really, really difficult in, in how, how it's going to play out because YouTube has a 12-hour limit to how long you can stream, which means, and I'd like to test this out at some point, uh, not necessarily having to do 12 hours. You could do tw uh, just a couple of minutes to test it out. But if I stop the stream on YouTube and then restart it, I think it won't have to change links for people who are watching. However, on Twitch, we're also on Twitch, and on Twitch, they allow 48 hours of continuous streaming. So we'll get the whole show in on Twitch. Problem is, uh, Twitch is a little more difficult to manage, for, and not everybody has a Twitch account, and I don't want to have make people sign up for Twitch just to be... Uh, communicating in the chat rooms and stuff. But it will be there continuously. Uh, so we, we're probably going to have to do some switching over at the actual 12-hour mark on YouTube a couple of times to get through to the 40-hour. It's going to be actually four four segments, right? Three, 36 to 3, and then the last segment will be four hours. Uh, and then on the Facebook channels, I believe the limit is six hours, so we're going to have to be switching over six hours. And I'm pretty sure starting and stopping, like if I stop YouTube right now, I could go up there and end the stream on YouTube but keep it going on the other places and then restart on YouTube while we're still going. I'm pretty sure we won't have to change the link for that. I'm going to look into it. Not much in the news today. No, nothing really, and that's a good thing. Slow news day is a good thing in this world. Uh, nobody's killing each other over, uh, masks or no mask vaccinations or no ma uh, vaccinations, uh, to piss or not to piss. This is the question. So it's a good day. I, any day that we're not killing each other. Uh, it says nobody robbed the liquor store in the lower part of town. Nobody OD, nobody burned a single building down. Oh, I don't know about that. We've uh, in your area. Well, that's good for you. I think we had somebody burn a building down yesterday here. I'm not sure if it was a. It wasn't arson. It was just stupidity. Fucking uh, space heater, irresponsibility type of thing. Uh, know some people this time of year obviously turn to space heaters because uh, even. If you have your <laughs> heating bill or uh, oil bill or whatever whatever heats your house, even if that's all paid up and you're good with that, still some people live in drafty houses. And when it gets this cold, I saw that, Jamie. Thank you for uh, getting Mr. Woolen. If you could, uh, if you're so inclined to, you could just respond to him that I will get back to him with uh, details on time and all that stuff at his convenience. Uh, we'll make it convenient for him whenever whatever really works for him if you could just uh relay that information to him i would appreciate it but i'll get back to him later today uh that's a good thing one more to add to the list glenn wall so uh and murray dropped what and murray died really is that is that the uh Is that the news? I gotta, I gotta look. Where are you seeing this? I'm gonna put Anne Murray in the Google thing and see. Not like uh, I don't know anybody. My mom was an Anne Murray fan. <laughs> I don't know anybody 
No, she didn't die, right? Uh, she's not, at least, nope, not in the news. And Marie. Nope, I'm not seeing anything about her in the news. Uh, no, she died. Uh, wait, no, 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 no. No, she's still alive, right? 75 to 1988, age 76 years old. She lives in Spring Hill, Canada. No, she's not dead. I don't know what Anne, Anne Murray drop means. Cool. Well, uh, no, the quote before Anne Murray lyrics. What is, uh, I'm slow on this. Anne Murray lyrics. Uh, Anne Murray lyrics. I don't know. I don't know. Um, obviously, I'm exposing myself as a guy who knows nothing. <laughs> it's it's actually possible to know absolutely nothing, and I'm proof of it. Uh, anyway, thanks. Thank you guys for all your help in in, in doing this, and um, still going to continue to try to build up that list. We'll probably. I want to get it so we have so many people we can't fit them all in. I posted about robbery and such. Those were lyrics from a song. I did not know that. See that I'm telling you, I know nothing. Uh, which were the lyrics from the song? Nobody, nobody robbed the liquor store in the lower part of town. Is that, is that uh, Anne Murray song? Wow! And I guess uh, congratulations on knowing Anne Murray lyrics, because the only Anne Murray uh, lyrics I think I know are actually from a Monkey song, "Daydream Believer," and I don't think she did it right. I think she she fucked it up. Uh. From what I remember, at least her arrangement was was not not correct. I actually have to play that song every once in a while on some of the gigs that I I take. Uh, that's a, a favorite. Monkeys. We play. We've been asked to play lots of monkey songs, but that's one of them. Daydream Believer. And that's the only one, only Ann Murray song that I could probably name any lyrics to. But again, I think she fucked them up. Uh, Craig is the real hero. Yeah, well, you you could you could share some some of uh, the hero status today. First of all, calling in with the shower, uh, getting commitment from Glenn Wool. It's a good day for Jamie Dykes on the Mind Dog TV pro, uh, podcast or Coffee with the Dog, I should say. Uh, very good day for Jamie Dykes. Uh, one of the this will go on your highlight reel. Uh, I got to somehow put juxtapose both of the pictures of Carl and Jamie in the shower together. <laughs> Pull up my Photoshop skills. Uh, now, uh, what else? Uh, what else can we? 7% in December is trending. 7% what? 7%. Prices paid by U.S. consumers jumped 7% in December, so inflation still uh, continues to soar. The highest inflation rate since 1982. Uh, it's the latest evidence that rising costs for food, gas, rent, and other necessities are heightening the pressure on U.S. households. This is true, definitely true. Now, this will get politicized in big ways. The... Uh, and I know I've said this, that there are no Biden 
doesn't have a cult, but he definitely has these people who will make any excuses and say that he's not responsible for anything. And while I would tend to agree that presidents generally are not all that powerful to deal with uh, inflation and um, shortages of products and stuff like that, they don't have a lot of power on it, but they can't ignore it and they can't act like it's not their responsibility to do something. And so the people who defend Joe Biden there, and there's not a lot of them, but I can, I could probably name Ron Flipkowski, uh, John Cooper, people on Twitter who are in the Biden defend the, the boss and the party line at all costs. Just will go down this line that got nothing to do with Biden. Don't even bring him up. It's not even a real problem. And they'll try to actually con- convince you and this is the don't look up stuff you can look up and see the asteroid about to hit the earth and and the news is telling you not to pay it's not real that that asteroid you see coming at you not real these people who are biden apologists want you to believe that inflation is not real and supply shortages are not real because god forbid they have to take responsibility and and at least address the problem. Now, it would be refreshing for a politician to say, come out and say, yeah, it's a real problem. We don't have a, a real good solution for it now, but we will continue to work on it, and it might take a while. Now, that's fucking plain truth. Uh, no politician will ever do that because people don't want that answer. They want... I I have a solution, and it will be in two weeks. That's what people want. That's what politicians are used to saying. But that's a fucking lie. So, uh, uh, but we're seeing, you know, inflation, and we are seeing, and I know the, the again, I've covered this so much, but the product shortages are not necessarily everywhere. And obvi- obviously, they aren't everywhere. But they are in some places, and to deny it and to say it's not happening doesn't help your case, no matter what politician you're trying to uh, carry water for. You're not really carrying water for them if you're lying for them. You know, called out lying and just, uh, hey, Mike Muldoon, good to see you in in one of the chat rooms. Nice to see you, Mike. Uh, Thanks for stopping by. Haven't seen the Dooner in a while. Um, you know, the whole apologizing for politicians and acting like uh, problems aren't problems. Now, what can you do about it? Oh, Tom uh, is uh, weighing in. His operation on his left eye was a success. His right eye operation was moved to the 20th. So, wow, they do one eye at a time. Thanks to my doctor in Tucson, Dobby, and Bill Kel- Kelso for babysitting you. Uh, that's good. Good to hear, Tom. Well, he's left eye. He's like uh, left eye Lopez, left eye Kanapka. <laughs> so he's, yeah, one eye at a time. That's what they say, one eye at a time. <laughs> good for Tom. Glad to see he's uh, on speeding re- recovery. Now one more to go on the 20th, which, uh, hey, 
Same day as Andy's going under the knife, uh, Tom will be going under the knife again. I think Andy's is a little more serious, although, um, listen, if you lose without your right eye, uh, you might as well be dead. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't want to live one-eyed one wearing a patch. I don't think it's that. I don't think his eye is at risk. But you never know. A guy could sneeze like me. This is him going to make the cut. Achoo! And then all of a sudden, whoops. Sorry about that. Anyway, got it. Uh, 40 minutes to kill here. I was going to get, uh, I say this every day, working on getting guests for the morning show. And um, I generally lays out on that. And instead of actually pursuing guests to come on or busting balls about people, for people to, uh, come on, because I have some comedians who who said they would be make themselves a, available for the morning show, uh, and I could have uh, prodded a couple of them last night, but instead of doing that, I went and recorded a bluegrass song that I have to mix today. Maybe I should mix it live here. <laughs> I don't have a loopback hooked up to to be able to do that to demonstrate the the bullshit i go through with mixing stuff which obviously would take more longer than this uh program would allow for clint eastwood is trending uh why is he talking to an empty chair again what's up uh clint is 91 on monday uh and um still still active in making movies uh, i haven't seen any of last Clint Eastwood movie I saw was a real disappointment. It was it seemed like it's probably about ten years ago now. Uh, it was supposed to be, it was billed as about the tsunami, but it was really kind of a soap operaish love story about people who dealt with the aftermath of the tsunami. Uh, 2004, I guess, was the tsunami. So, yeah, that movie is probably about 10 years old or more now. I think it probably came out. No, it came out after I met my wife. So probably around 2010, uh, the movie came out. So it's probably about 12 years old now. I don't even remember the name of the movie. But uh, there was a lot of hype around it. And all the commercials were just showing the tsunami. and, And it looked like to be a disaster movie, you know, one of those about a disaster, but it wasn't. That was just, a it, that happens in the first three seconds of the movie, and then it's all about, or first couple of minutes of the movie. And then it's all about the love story uh, or the relationship uh, of the people involved. It was like, who the fuck? It was a real sleeper movie. And so I haven't seen a Clint Eastwood movie since then. I know he's... uh directed a couple of movies that were critically acclaimed since then. It's also gone batshit crazy with some of his uh, political rants. So, uh, Clint Eastwood, there he is. Trending today, going to be 91 on Monday. Good for him. Happy birthday, crazy old bastard. Clint made some great movies in his day. Don't get me wrong. I mean, when he was on top of his game, very good. Oh, what is this? Uh, money, 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 money. What is all this money coming in? Oh, I'm loving that. Oh, I won't share this with people, but just got an email from one of my, my sponsors. Uh, 
I just say money, money, money. Money is a good thing. I'm not opposed to money. I'm not in it for the money, but when I see money coming in, it definitely makes uh, makes the day a little bit better. And money just came in. So today is a good day. Good day for me. <laughs> uh, people are trying to get me to go back on Roku. Emails from people. Why aren't you on Roku anymore? I ended the Roku contract uh, uh, January 1st. We're not on Roku anymore. We won't be on Roku um, for the foreseeable future. I don't think we're going to we're gonna be back on. There won't be a Mind Dog channel on there. So if you're looking for it, and if you get the icon still showing up and you get no content, that's why. We're, all the content has been removed from the platform. We won't be on there for the foreseeable future. We may revisit that at some point. This wasn't worth it. Not enough people going to see it for the investment that was involved in keeping that channel going on. And you know what? How many people want to watch this in their living room? And if you are so inclined to watch me just ramble or even the interview seconds that uh, Mind Dog TV, 1 o'clock and 8 uh, p.m. episodes with uh, in-depth interviews, if you're inclined on watching them on tele- on your television, you can do that through YouTube. Uh, you can, you know, most smart TVs have YouTube on them. You can watch those on there. So the Roku stuff was not really necessary and, and not being utilized all that much and cost a lot, to be honest with you. Cost a lot for a very little reward. It's been a really allergy-filled day for me today. I, it's been since the first week of the show that I've had this happen. Uh, maybe it's... It's the electric cedar I got going on here, talking about space eaters. Turn that sucker off. Maybe things will clear up a little bit with a half hour left to go. Um, what else to talk about, folks? Nothing else to talk about. Maybe I should make a phone call or two. Yeah, maybe I should make a phone call, too. I don't know who I would call, though, at this point uh, to pass some time here. Friedman, New York Times opinion columnist Tom and Friedman pens up, uh, up titled op-ed titled Biden Cheney 2024. No, 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 no. That's fucking silly. Thomas L. Friedman trying to push the idea of Joe Biden running with Liz Cheney as his running mate in 2024. Liz Cheney, a Republican. Well. Joe Biden is really a Republican, too. Uh, But I don't think anybody in the country would buy that at all. I mean, that would be a disaster. I I think Joe Biden should not run again. Uh, But (laughs) the fucking Democratic Party is fucked, man. Uh, They got nobody. They got nobody. I can't see how they can win another election, whether it's Trump or Let's face it, even if it weren't Trump, it was like, I mean, think of, even if it were Ted Cruz, I hate to say that, but even if it were Ted Cruz or Lindsey Graham, the two most pathetic candidates I could think of at this point, the Republicans could run, I think they would win easy against any Democrat that that is on the uh, radar right now. Now, it's still way, way early on all that stuff. And if you remember, uh, 2000, because this would be the equivalent of before an election, this would be like 2005 or 
Yeah, beginning of 2000, no, 2006, the beginning of 2006. At the beginning of 2006, nobody in the country even knew the name Barack Obama. So it is really, really early to try to predict the 2024 election. But I just, I can't imagine the Democrats winning. If they run Biden again, I think, uh, uh, I don't think he'll get uh, 80 million votes again. Uh, put it that way. Uh, unless people are just still so afraid of, of a repeat of Trump, and if Trump is the opponent, that's the only chance Biden has is really running against Trump again. And I don't think he would win again. But I think that's his only his only hope is to run against Biden because I think anybody else uh, beats him soundly, even the weakest Republican candidate you could come up with would beat him soundly. And I can't imagine who else the Democrats might have on the bench somewhere. Uh, and if you think, uh, if you can think of one, please let me know. Again, I'm, uh, I'm very aware, especially this morning, how little I know about things. <laughs> uh, don't know about Ed Murray lyrics, but um, really, if if I'm missing anything, but I don't see the Democrats as having anybody anywhere on any bench uh, ready to go. And the caveat, of course, is I would not. I would have probably said the same thing. No, in 2006, I would have said Hillary is going to win the nomination, and probably thought she would probably win the presidency if running against John McCain. I think Hillary would have beat McCain just as easily as uh, Obama beat McCain, only because of coming off of the Bush administration, eight years of that, with both those elections feeling like they were kind of stolen. Uh, You know, the 2000 election being uh, the Florida Chad debacle and then Ohio in 2004, when Kerry ran against Bush. So the Democrats had a strong feeling that both of those elections were stolen from them. I think 2000, they had a stronger case for that. Uh, but then the recession that came at the end of uh, the Bush era, and then the uh, housing debacle and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think any Republican could have won, won in 2008. And so I think if Hillary would have been the nominee, we would have had President Hillary Clinton. Boy, would uh, that have been fucked up. <laughs> More Clinton. Uh, but Barack Obama wasn't even on the radar in 2006. So it's possible they have some Barack Obama in the in the party right now that I don't know about because I'm not that deep into uh, state politics and all those kind of things. And that's where he, he came from being a... Uh, senator in uh, Illinois, one-term senator. I wouldn't know anything about. There's so many fucking uh, senators. They can't know all of them, but I can't ima- I can't think of one that might make a good presidential candidate. Jamie Raskin, maybe. <laughs> no. No. Uh, but he's probably the strongest uh Strongest debater that the Democrats might have at this point. And that's not saying a lot. 
Listen, I don't think uh, the Republicans have any really good candidates either, but they're not as pathetic right now uh, as far as being a, and I, I'm not talking about party principles or platforms or all that stuff. I'm just talking about the ability to win a, a an election. Republicans uh, don't have a a whole lot of great candidates either. I mean, they have Trump. Uh, Ron DeSantis is probably their their next powerful candidate. I don't want to say that because I know he's, you know, anybody who who can win is also going to be hated by a lot of people. But I think DeSantis, if he runs, he's probably going to probably going to win by a large margin. Probably be uh, like a uh, Tom Brady team facing the New York Jets. <laughs> the Democratic Party re- reminds me a lot of uh, New York Jets, uh, the current state of the Democratic Party, uh, as far as their ability to, to win. I say that as they have a Democratic uh, president right now, or at least in name, Democratic president and Democratic still Democratic control of the House of Representatives, and uh, by a tie with a with the vice president be a Democrat in the Senate, they have a one person majority because of the uh, Kamala Harris's uh, tie breaking vote. That's uh, I say that even though they have that, that they probably. Uh, Heading for a, a big losing streak. <laughs> anyway, good morning, folks. Corner Coffee. Check it out. Go to minddogtv.com slash coffee and check it out. And I would appreciate it if anybody uh, is so inclined that uh, if when you visit the um, the podcast for the audio podcast for this program because of live streams and uh, we're getting actually for coffee with the dog, more people on the video after it runs during the day, then I'm actually getting uh, streams on the downloads right now. But if you do go to listen on the download side, uh, on the audio side on anchor FM is where coffee with the dog is hosted. There is an opportunity there for you to leave voicemails and voice messages that we can actually play on the program. So that might be an, uh, a fun thing if you just got one line you want to call in and and you could even use them uh, prank me if you like. <laughs> I'm all for I'm all for phone pranks. Disguise your voice. Don't even have to say who you are. Just call in, leave a, a silly uh, voicemail message that we can play uh, to fuck with me and fuck with the audience and maybe have some laughs with that stuff. On that note, though, the the uh, prank phone call stuff, when uh, Dr. Brendan Walsh, Esquire, B-Man, uh, is going to be with us as part of the marathon next week. And part of his shtick, shtick is um, prank phone calls that, that he does. And I, I would love it if we could get him to do some of that uh, during the marathon. Because I... I no, I think he does it better than anybody, he better than the Jerky Boys did. I think uh, some of his ability to um, get people to stay on and, and engage in conversation with him for long periods of time. It's actually fascinating how people don't hang up on him. And pe- he, he just 
keeps people engaged long after they should figure out that it's it's all a fucking prank and they're being kind of made fun of. People should figure that out. And how he actually, it, it's all real stuff too. It's not like making this stuff up. It's not staged. Uh, how people don't figure it out is uh, kind of amazing to me. Anyway, we got another uh, one of these uh, useless trolls, uh, bots, whatever they are, uh, leaving uh, comments that make absolutely no sense. And again, what you gain out of this stuff? What is the upside? Why even waste your energy posting that shit? This is what do you get out of it? Uh, V-Y-N-F-Y-I. I get what F-Y-I stands for, but uh, V-Y-N, very you not. <laughs> Who the fuck knows, man? Anybody got any uh, clues what this uh, person might be, might be in it for? Chat room is very uh, uh, quiet today. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm laughing because Craig actually used my real name in a post and somebody must be, Kate Nelp, how was that Matt Napo? Well, I don't get that. Um, it's a long story. It's a long, sad story of a man who can't control his, um, sticking to community guidelines on social media. It's a, it's been a problem. Uh, and it, it's weird because if you look at like every time I got in trouble, it was basically for giving people back what they gave to me. Like, and, and the last time Twitter yelled at me and did what they did because some bleacher, somebody who was, uh, proposing the bleach, the, as a um, preventative for COVID was preaching about bleach. And I just said, why don't you go drink the bleach and do us all a favor? And that got me banned. Like I'm encouraging harm, but they were saying I should drink bleach. I should inject myself with bleach. When I give it back to him, do myself, it's all, I'm encouraging harm. They were encouraging harm to everybody anyway. And now I'm, uh, tiptoeing around the whole piss thing of not telling people to go drink piss because I don't want Twitter to think just because they telling me to drink piss and that <laughs> they're drinking piss already. If I tell them to go drink piss, Twitter will see that as me encouraging them to do self-harm. And then I will have to create even a lamer persona than Kelp Nate. Nate Kelp. Supposed to be Nate Kelp. I'll, they turned it around on me, and now I'm Kelp Nate. Anyway, I, I can't imagine where I go from here uh, as far as personas and all that stuff. And then having to build up again, start from scratch with zero followers, explain to people, you remember me. I'm not the guy. <laughs> Pay attention to this name. I'm not that. I'm me. Same old guy who had to change profiles so many fucking times. It's ridiculous. People say, well, why don't you just avoid getting into discussions with people? Um, that would be good. 
that would be good. I should just stay quiet on stuff and just use it to promote stuff and all that stuff. But perhaps I can't help myself. Or perhaps when somebody says something as as outrageous as uh, you should inject yourself with bleach, it triggers me in a way that I can't help myself but say, no, you go drink the bleach and get back to us on it. Uh, or piss or whatever it is that you're pushing today. I mean, people say ridiculous stuff and I guess um, I guess I should learn to just let them say it. Don't drink. Don't drink anything. Don't even drink water. Drink nothing. Eat nothing, drink nothing, and be well. What if I play a song where you, where you run away? Or would you, isn't that a Julio Iglesias line? Would you, would you run away and hide? I don't even know if I have a good song to play. I probably don't. Do I have a good song to play? Uh, Nope, I don't. I don't have a good song to play. Imagine that. Don't have a song at the ready. How about we play a little Hank Porter Miss You? It's a short one. It's only uh it's only three minutes. Why don't we play a little Hank Porter song while I go get some fresh coffee? Let's do that. Can I load this up? This is um I don't know why I even did this. Honestly don't know why I did this. Uh but I did it. Oh, you want me to play some Coldplay? Play one of your videos. Uh I'm going to play I, one of my, well, not mine, but Hank Porter's, my good friend Hank Porter. Uh, see, I happened to see Hank coming out of a, a gin mill one night, and uh, I offered him a ride home, but it turned out he didn't have one. Home was wherever I hang my hat, he said. And well, it turned out that uh, that particular evening, my couch was where he hung his hat and where he decided to call home. Well, we got to talking a little bit, and before the starlight and whiskey all ran out, he picked up my guitar, and he played for me an old Texas waltz that I'm about to play for you. Call him, uh, miss you tonight. Uh, my buddy Hank Porter, who I haven't, I haven't seen Hank. Speaking of turning 91, I believe Hank is going to be turning 93 uh, in March. So I uh, hear my buddy Hank Porter with a song called Miss You Tonight. Sometimes I think life is a game One where the rules constantly change And I just can't win or try as I might Cause I'm all alone and I miss you tonight Right from the start Never could work Cause you're such a bitch And I'm just a jerk But we had much more Than passionate fights Maybe I'm just horny But I miss you tonight We go together 
Get out of there, Hank. Hank Porter, miss you tonight. <laughs> you know, uh, almost every one of those silly little songs uh, have a story behind me. I wanted to play one called Pretend. Probably not going to play it now. Uh, but the story I was thinking about, and it was all of them are based on, I mean, real true stories. Back in the day when the Rockin' 45s were started, we used to play this uh, on the Nordica Mile in Freeport, New York, we were, at that point, the uh, sole attraction. The, the thing that was happening down there. We had huge following. Uh, club would overpack into the street. But we were. it was a play on the floor, not a stage type of place. <laughs> not up on the stage. And people would be right up in front of us. And... Things got a lot really wild, and there was a lot of um, flirtatious activity, we'll say that. Flirting with the band, a lot of sexual activity going on. A lot of sex uh, going on dance floor with the band while the band is playing, all that kind of stuff, several times. This one night, uh, it's around 2002, and... Uh, couple comes in and the place is crowded as hell but this couple is up in the front very close to the band and this girl is, is they're dancing together but this girl is flirting with me hard the whole night long and dancing turning her, her boyfriend around so he he's facing the crowd but she's facing me and she's blowing me kisses she's like looking right in my eyes singing every word of every song directly to me and uh just flirting hard for four hours and it went on and Basically, it got to the point where I'm thinking, you know, as soon as this is over, I'm, you know, I'm not thinking anything long term here. I'm just thinking, um, yeah, boyfriend and girlfriend, but they're obviously not too, she's not that into him. So I'm going to figure out how to get her away from him, take her to a, a no-tell motel and have some fun. Last song of the night. She's dancing. She's right in front of me, and she starts blowing me kisses and stuff. <laughs> and I'm thinking, uh, I, this is this is going to be easy. Uh, as soon as the show's over, I'm thinking, packing up my guitar. I'm thinking about how I'm going to strategize this whole thing. I, I'm going to get her away from him and get her uh, to come with me. And then uh, 
just as we're into the last chorus of the song, she takes her hand out from behind his collar and she shows me her engagement ring. Whoa. This girl's engaged to this guy and she's been making a sucker of him the whole night. And I'm just thinking, man, what kind of life is this guy uh, setting himself up for and and getting himself into? So obviously I I backed off at that point. I changed my mind. I'm not going to try and (laughs) steal this girl away from him. But uh, And she was definitely making me uh, aware of the fact that uh, she was in a committed relationship. So, but I don't think she was saying we can't fool around. She's just saying not tonight. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just uh, harping on the fact that she was just making a fool of this guy. This guy is, she's about to marry this guy and she's dancing on and flirting with the guitar player in the band the whole night and purposely making him foolish by turning him around so so she could flirt with the guitar player without him knowing about it while he's there oblivious to it and i'm thinking this poor guy this poor fucking guy and so i wrote a song about it called pretend it's kind of on the long side maybe i'll play it now i got nothing better to do time is going by this song is about that about this girl who kind of uh just fucked with my head it's very different than that miss you tonight uh stylistically wise but and i hope you enjoy it but the story is what matters and i hope you kind of uh, i hope that resonates i hope you'll stick with me for it i'm always uh cognizant of the fact that i might be boring you or being too self-indulgent here this song is called pretend and it's about it's about that story i just told
boyfriend catches on. And I'm thinking, damn, she's good. Just you don't know a thing. And I look down at her hand. And I see that diamond ring. And I look deep into the sad blue eyes. And she softly blows me a kiss goodbye. What a bummer. <laughs> we sang, we played Brown Eyed Girl, but I sang Blue instead, and she laughed. <laughs> yeah, that happened a lot. You always change the lyrics to fit the girl in front of you. Uh, this was the, the old days. Anyway, um, thank you for indulging me and sticking around during that stuff. Um, two stories about life in the band. Again, not writing for any audience in particular, all over the map kind of genre stuff, but compelled to keep writing, keep doing, keep producing stuff uh, for my own gratification, I guess. And uh, I'm happy to share those with you. And thank you for uh, not not running away and, and actually watching them and listening to them. I appreciate that. And I appreciate all of you being here every morning. It's been... Um, been fun doing the morning shows i wish we could get more guests on i have to be more active and um trying and 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 not so lazy about that stuff sometimes you know i just put out blanket uh invitations to guys and they say yeah sure I'll, i'll be on but then i never follow up and never push them to come on on a specific day or any of that stuff especially with the morning stuff and i i realize the morning stuff can be difficult for people who are not on the east coast people who are out out west especially time differences and all that stuff uh but i will i will be putting in more effort right now i'm con- concentrating on making sure this 40 hour thing is not a huge flop and we actually make it through the 40 hour things the logistics of it still trying to figure out how to get a guitar signed by many people in different places and how many signatures are going to be on there might make it a little tricky because I want to know who's going to really sign it before we start auctioning it off. So I, we're not make we're not promising 
I'm not making a promise of signatures that won't be on there in, in the end. So people should be able to buy the guitar. I can show you the guitar that we're going to be auctioning off. Let me see if I can bring that up really quickly. Uh, share screen. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, window. This is the guitar we will be auctioning off. It's an Ibanez uh, three pickup. It's a pretty good guitar. Every time I play this, uh, I've played it on gigs several times. Uh, every time I do, um, uh, people, guitar players in the audience, ask me if if I want to sell it, if I want to part with it. It's a, and I I'm going to be parting with it, and it's a chance, and I'm going to. Because the guitar is, it's not like a, um, not like a real expensive guitar at all, but it's probably worth about $500 new, but we're going to start the bidding. I'm going to just open it up with like a $50 bid. So you, if you're so inclined, you can get a, a $500 guitar for $51 if you start the bidding at that and we kind of go from there and, so, and encourage people to start the bidding on it. But the, adding the signatures to it, of some of the people who, even if you're not a guitar player, uh, adding those signatures make it a collector's item, and hopefully we'll get some money out of that. Now, the tube amp that I probably am going to be auctioning off as well, that's got some real value to it. That's, uh, because right now, it's a unique, one-of-a-kind, actually not one-of-a-kind, five-of-a-kind. Five of these amps were made. It's a uh, tube amp small tube amp, 50-watt tube amp that are in vogue right now. If you're a guitar player or no guitar players, they know that small tube amps are the shit. It's the shit that lots of guitar players want, even if they're not going to use them on gigs for recording or home practice stuff and just getting really sweet tube sounds, all vintage sounds. You can't beat a small all tube amp. Well, I got one that is uh, a classic. And it's never been used on a gig. Uh, and it's part of the story behind the documentary, uh, the Rockin' 45s documentary. And uh, Rockin' the Dream is the name of that documentary. It's still still being edited. It's one of those things like uh, The Last Shot or Andy's documentary that is just kind of taking forever to get out there. Uh, but it, it is the, the amp that's part of that story that, Creed that that film was based upon going to be auctioning that off and again starting at a really low bid of opening bid price to, to entice people to bid on it and again how it's going to work is people will bid on it when we close the auction off around the 40th hour we will be asking the winner of the person who has the final bid to go and make the donation directly on the GoFundMe page and then just show us the receipt so we can uh, ship it off to you once we know that you actually made, uh, paid the money. So we don't have to touch the money. It's not coming through us at all. Uh, it just goes directly to Andy's uh, cause. And uh, so that will be it. The logistical problem is getting it signed by people. I, and I will figure that out. Whether I have to drive it around the fucking country myself <laughs> to get it signed by people. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to uh, go overseas with it or have even have to try to ship it overseas to get it shipped back because uh, that would probably be, I might as well just give all the money I'm paying in shipping right to, to the GoFundMe and, and save the auction on the guitar because all that shipping costs back and forth and all that stuff um, would probably be less than we're going to actually raise from the guitar. Again, the goal 
and I'm going to end the show here. We're we're at eleven o'clock here in New York. The goal is to get Andy's GoFundMe up to thirty thousand dollars, or as near as uh, that we can possibly get. And we'll do our best there. I'm not sure where it is today, but I bet you it's over twenty-one thousand. I will check later on today. Uh, so we're only looking at really raising about nine thousand dollars if we can do that <laughs> in forty hours. Who knows? Uh, but whatever, whatever we can do will be a help. That's all I know. We keep keep trying to pitch away, and uh, inch by inch, we'll get there. Anyway, I appreciate you stopping by today. Please join me tonight at eight p.m. for uh, Liberty Devito uh, Rock drummer extraordinaire drummer from billy joel band worked with many many other artists as a studio musician we'll be talking about his life and his time in um the billy joel band as well as his studio work and his current uh project the lords of flatbush oh lords of 52nd street lords of flatbush lords of 52nd street which can uh contains several of the other members of the original billy joel band so We'll be talking to him at 8 p.m. tonight. Till then, I'm Matt Napple for the Mind Dog, not for the Mind Dog TV podcast, for Coffee with the Dog. <laughs> Thanks for coming. And don't forget, always uh, turn on your radio.
listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. 